are strong and courageous part of your life. In the Bible, God encourages Joshua to be strong and courageous when he is called to lead like he had never led before. Do you have, I have never done this before moments? In this series, we will look at how to navigate new and different from the life of Joshua. A life filled with a lot we can learn from, draw from, and find courage in. We hope you enjoy. All right, good morning, West Valley Christian Church. How are we doing today? Ah, that's okay, but how are we doing today? Are we good? Amen. Well, uh, as you know, uh, today I'll be preaching along with this guy over here, Pastor Kirby. Let's give it up for Pastor Kirby. <laughs> We've, uh, we have a special day. We just actually uh, would like to also include everybody online. Thank you for joining us. Let's give a shout out to everybody online. Yeah. Thank you for your faithfulness and just continuing to be a part of this uh, ministry here. We just had our very last service on the lawn. We've been out there for 11 months, and God, talk about faithful. God has been faithful to give us this piece of property, and especially that lawn that was so important to uh, the ministry continuing here at West Valley Christian Church. And so here's what I, I don't know if I told you this. I, you know, I'm getting old, so I can't remember what I say, but... I do know this, that um, we never had one Sunday with rain. Never one Sunday with rain out there. A lot of Sundays close, a few days of some wind and some hot ones and cold ones. But God just blessed us. And so when we talk about faithfulness, amen, Pastor Kirby, God has been absolutely amazing uh, with uh, being faithful to not just the church, but to you too, amen? So here, here we are. So we're in a series. Uh, we started a few weeks ago, uh, Joshua, Be Strong and Courageous. Our theme for this year is B, with all the voices and all the th- ideas and everyone telling us how to act and think and live in 2020. We said this year is a year to be how God has called us to be, not how the world has called us to be. Amen? And so we've been talking about B this whole time. And uh, so Be Strong and Courageous. I, uh, I want you to picture this with me. Um, I'm 31 years younger. I know some of you already have me in elementary school, but no, I'm a little bit older than that. But, uh, but it's about 30 years ago. I was, I was dating a girl, don't tell my wife, I was dating a girl named Lisa Watkins. Um, if you don't know, she ended up being my wife. But I think we had been dating for about six months. By the way, we met at the church the day I got baptized. So that's pretty cool. Um, tied her shoelaces together. She fell in love with me. <laughs> literally, literally. I know some of you are writing that down. You're like, okay, well, I haven't tried that one. It beats swiping left. Anyways, um, so, so, so our youth pastor at the time was Darren Skates, had an impact on my life in big ways. I've told you guys about him before and our church. And uh, so there was this event And uh, oh, this is so cool. We got the balcony seating up here. Let's give it up to those in the balcony. Yes. (laughs) Pastor Kirby, you always had a dream of a choir up there. You guys want to sing for us? No. (laughs) But but, but the reality is um, we we did all these retreats, and this particular year was a snow ski retreat to South Lake Tahoe. And so we got these college students and high school students, and here's the deal. I did all kinds of sports that involved the ball. But strapping these sticks to your feet and going downhill in snow, that hadn't been my life. Well, my wife grew up skiing. And so my wife and her good friend, uh, Carla Kirby, uh, they took it upon themselves to teach this guy how to snow ski. Now, let's just be honest. They had some really good material to work with. (laughs) Tall, athletic. Oh, wait, that was, so, so I, you can imagine, <laughs> imagine what that looked like. And, you know, I'm like, I'm the guy, I could do this, this is my girlfriend and the pastor's daughter, I got this. I, I just was all over the place. And um, eventually, I think it was called Sierra Ski Ranch, I think it was a small slope right there in South Lake Tahoe. And eventually, you know, the day went on and, and, and I, I mastered the bunny slope. I was all <laughs> over that thing. I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't a piece of that slope I couldn't. Take. Well, then we did a few intermediate runs, and it humbled me. The next day, the whole group went to Heavenly. If you ever skied Heavenly, raise your hand. Okay, Heavenly's crazy. Um, I've skied a lot of different places, and Heavenly, the face of Heavenly. I want you to picture the face of Heavenly. 
So, so we're skiing all day long, and they're taking me on the blue runs, and I'm, I'm getting by, right? I mean, Carla's really good, Lisa's really good, and I was just hanging in there because of pride. <laughs> Praise God they invented, God, God just stepped in on skiing, and he invented snowboarding. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's what I've learned. That's the best one. Sorry, I just offended you skiers. But the reality is, um, the end of the day was coming near, and, and Darren Skates was, was like, you got to be down by the gondola at 4 o'clock, and we're going to be leaving sharp, right? Now, here's the reality. In hindsight, how many of you knew Darren Skates? Raise your hand. All right. Um, I should have thought about this. Darren was like 45 minutes late to everything. Yes. So I should have considered that, but the reality is I didn't. And so we're at the face of heavenly. And my wife's like, well, my girlfriend at the time's like, we could do that. We'd get down there, but we'd have to go down this. And my wife's the same way today. We're like, but we're not going down this because you can't do it. Well, you don't tell me you can't do something. <laughs> and she's like, no, no. And Carla's in agreement. It's like they're stereo, you know, no no, we got to go to the intermediate run and we'll be late and this and all, at least we'll all make it down alive. And I'm like, no, I got this. <laughs> so you know, I'm at the face of heavenly. Now, to my, just to, you know, to make you feel like, it was like probably 3.45 in the afternoon. That face had to be icy, right? I mean, if it was fresh plowed snow, I'd have no problem. A little icy, black diamond. Skis, tips downhill, right? You know what I'm talking about. Then you push that one pull, and then you're uh, you are committed, committed to stupidity in my case. <laughs> and so I start going, and I knew the second I did that, I was dust. And so I did my first little snowplow thing, right? That doesn't work. You just go faster, and then I cut, and then I did my first turn and just slid on ice. And the next thing I know. I was doing this down the face of heavenly. Now, the youth group was down there. They don't know it's me. They're sitting there. They tell me later, they see this guy just falling down, and they're laughing, and they're, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that guy. Well, it was me. <laughs> Meanwhile, my wife, my girlfriend at the time, and Carla stand there just looking at this, and I'm boom, 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 boom. Eventually, I stop. I hit a mole, right? What do you do after that? You make sure that oh, that's there, and that's there, and this is there, and this is there, right? And I was, I was like, oh, crap. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> but one of the things in assessing my body, I realized there's no more skis on my feet, no more poles, <laughs> one glove's missing, and my hat. <laughs> I look uphill, and there is a trail of all of that stuff. And those of you that are skiers know it's called... Garage sale. I had a garage sale on the face of heavenly. Meanwhile, these two 17-year-old girls make their way down, cutting perfectly, picking up prideful Rob stuff. Yeah. Uh, Carla was at last service, and she's like, yeah, I remember that. And I'm like, how did I get down the hole? She goes very slowly. <laughs> I want you to remember that. Tips facing forward. Go. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you for friends like Lisa and Carla. Thank you, Lord, that we could laugh. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for your word, most importantly. God, help us not to listen to all the voices of this world, but help us to dig into your word and see what you have to say to us today. Lord, I love you. I love you. We love you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, so this study is the book of Joshua. And, and yeah, Joshua's life's all throughout it, but it's really a study of the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter one, first uh, chapter uh, through chapter eight. The very first week, I, I spent a lot of time on the foundation of this book. And uh, so I'm gonna share a little bit and then Pastor Kirby's gonna fix it all and, and clean it all up and give you the truth. But, but here's, <laughs> here's what's gonna happen. 
So I gave all the history that's really important. So go back online and listen to the sermon if you haven't heard it. It's really, really important. But basically, you've got Moses that has been called to take the, 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 the people, the God's chosen people out of the heavy hand of slavery, right, in Egypt. And he goes, and then you've got the Red Sea and all of its problems. And then God takes them through the Red Sea. You've got 40 years of obedience and disobedience. And then at the end, you see that uh, 12 spies are sent into this promised land that God had promised the Israelites. And 10 came back and said, no way, we can't do it. We're as small as grasshoppers in their eyes. And two people came back and says, we got this. Yes, they're big. Yes, it's scary. Yes, it looks impossible. But with God, we could do this. And it was Caleb and Joshua, okay? So then Moses is able to see the promised land. They're on the edge of the promised land. He's able to see it, but he's not able to enter it because really he listened to the wrong voices. He listened to the 10 that said, we can't. But God lets him see it. The Bible says Moses dies. And then there's a transition of leadership. And in chapter one, we see that transition. And that transition goes from Moses to who? goes to Joshua. And Joshua, we looked at his life and what an amazing life up until this point that, that Joshua was just a faithful, uh, trusting human being that really uh, pressed into God. And that, I believe, is why God chose Joshua for such a time as this. So Joshua's told to be strong and courageous, but he's told to be strong and courageous. He's told to be very strong and very courageous. He's told to be strong and courageous over and over again in chapter one. And what I want to bring your attention to, and if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, recap. This is just a recap of what we're talking about. But it says in Joshua chapter one, verses one through three, and this is God's word, amen? Joshua chapter one, verses one through three. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross what? Get ready to cross the Jordan River. And just so you know that this is no just simple little river they're going to walk across. It's, it's really Joshua's moment. It's the Red Sea moment that was for Moses. This is Joshua's Red Sea moment. The Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you. This is so important. Underline this in your Bible. Highlight it. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. And we're going to see this. If God says it, he does it. And it's not just back then that God says that he does it. It is today. And God is a promise keeper. Where we as human beings may not be promise keepers and we have our moments, God says that he does it. Then you go to Joshua and you go to chapter 1, verse 9. He says, have I not commanded you, be what? Be strong and what? Be strong and courageous. Do not be what? Do not be afraid. And again, those are such powerful words for us today with whatever Jordan we are facing. It may be a health issue. It may be a relationship issue. It may be a finance issue. It may be uh, something that I don't even understand uh, that you're walking through. Maybe it's an addiction. You, you tell me what your Jordan is. You identify it as we are preaching and learning from God's word today. But he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord is with you wherever you what? Wherever you go, and, and I didn't share this on the lawn, but I'm just thinking right here. Wherever you go, go means you're doing something. I think that's important with what we're seeing here. Wherever you go, that, that means there's, there's, some, there's some responsibility on our part. Then Pastor John did a great job with uh, Joshua chapter 2, and, and we looked at Rahab the prostitute. And Rahab the prostitute, what an amazing story that God would use somebody with a position, with a job, with a history like hers to, to do an amazing thing for her and her family. And for, for the fact of, of being part of what God's plan was to help the Israelites get across the Jordan River. I want to say this and reemphasize what Pastor John said. God is a gracious God. Can I hear an amen if you believe that? Amen. There's not one perfect person in here, and the two pastors are up on the stage. We could tell you our stories, and you could probably tell us our stories too, of how we've gone astray or how we've missed the mark. Nobody in this room is perfect. All of us need the grace of God, and God takes ordinary people and does extraordinary things. Amen. Let me say that again. God takes ordinary people and does extraordinary things with them. And that's no different with our, our person here today, with Joshua. I love this because now we're in our section that we're going to delve into today. Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. And we're going to look at uh, verse 1. 
Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the, the Jordan where they camped before uh, crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and what? Oh, there's action again. You're to follow it. Not sit on your rear and watch everybody else do it, but you're to follow it. Then you will know which way to go. See, what that tells me is as we start moving, then the path becomes clearer and clearer. Oftentimes, I won't start moving until the path is clear. But faith, faith doesn't act that way. Amen? When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and little old priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. That's awesome too, right? You've never been this way before. You're going into uncharted territory. And when we put our tips downhill, we are going into uncharted territory. Amen? Then you know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. Here's the reality. God gives them enough instruction that they need. He doesn't tell them everything. He doesn't go, and you do all this, and then I'm going to dry up the Jordan River like I did the Red Sea. He just says, these are your marching orders. You go do it, and I'll take care of the rest. And I love this phrase right here. It says, it says what? It says, go consecrate yourselves. That means dedicate yourselves to a higher purpose. In this case, dedicate yourself to God Almighty. Is there anyone here today that needs to be reminded of this? Life is hard. I don't think it's the hardest it's ever been on this earth, but it's my hardest. And it's many of your hardest. And the voices are saying the sky is falling. Chicken Little is running around going, ah! And everybody has their opinion. And everyone has their thoughts. And everyone wants to share why they're right. And everyone wants to share their fears. But what you and I need to listen to is the voice of God. Consecrate yourselves, position yourself underneath him, and he'll get you through this Jordan. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number two, number one was the recap. Number two, write the word obedience. Going back to my starting illustration, water's edge. You got your feet on the edge right there. It's go time. Some of you are going to push that little pole and go. And some of you are going to back off and watch everybody else experience it. Church, we need to lead out in obedience to God. Tips forward and go. No more wandering. No more wondering. No more waiting to see what God is going to do. In this case, the final instructions are given to this new generation that saw their Parents and grandparents wander. And now it's on them. What are we going to do in this moment? Here we're told the Ark of the Covenant, which I could spend a whole sermon series on the Ark of the Covenant. Um, it goes beyond Indiana Jones. Um, the Ark of the Covenant was a sacred chest uh, overlaid with gold. It, it contained the, 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 the tablets of the the Ten Commandments that were carved on them, Aaron's rod, a, a bull of manna, which had been Israel's staple food for 40 years. But really, at the end of the day, what it represented was God's presence. And he's saying, uh, we want you to focus your eyes. And as the ark moves with the priest, you are to move. And you're to stay, which the translation is about a thousand yards behind. Uh, I happened to play golf uh, Friday evening, and I was hitting uh, at a par uh, that was uh, par five, 520 yards, and it was long. And I immediately thought, oh my gosh, it's two of these, two of these. And God gave specific directions to be given. But the key is they were to follow God. The picture painted here is so inspiring to me. You guys remember that old hymn? Trust and obey, for there's no other way than to trust in Jesus, 
right? Trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way. That truth is the same for us today. No matter what it is that we're facing, no matter who it is that we're facing, no matter what the Jordan River is that our toes are at the edge of, I'm not the answer. Money's not the answer. Relationships are not the answer. Another degree up on the wall, not an answer. Another shot of tequila, not the answer. God is the answer. Obedience. What is the body of water that you find your toes up against today? What is the body of water that you find your toes up today? What is the obstacle that you are facing at this moment that is keeping you from where God wants you to be? And sometimes that answer is just a big old river of pride. I'll do it my way. Well, Psalm 16, 8 says this. I keep my eyes always on who? I keep my eyes always on the Lord. Hmm. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk on the step of the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in what? The law of the Lord. And who meditates on what? On his law night and day. That person is like a tree. That person is like a tree with, the, with, with its uh, that tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaves do not what, church? Whatever they do, they prosper. You see, the Bible needs to be more than a book, doesn't it? It's to be our life instructions, our guide. Obedience for you and I in God's instruction is what is most important. So when God says, put those ski tips forward, you put the ski tips forward, even though you don't know how you're going to get down that hill. And you may stumble, you may tumble but you get there. And the reason that I had to go through the pain of that hill was because I didn't listen. Pride got in my way. If I would have taken it slowly and gone behind my wife and Carla, maybe I could have taken them both out. No. (laughs) I want to close with this and then we get to hear from Pastor Kirby. But I, I, I love, I love wake, uh, uh, snowboarding. I love wakeboarding. Some of my greatest memories are at Lake Nascimento with our friends, the Quartals. And um, I, there's so much I can say about this, but wakeboarding is amazing and it's stupid at the same time. <laughs> because what you do is you strap this board on your feet and you, you put it parallel to the boat. So there you are. And, and then you take the rope and you put your knees in your chest. And then whoever the driver is makes that rope tight. And then they wait for you to say these two words. Do you know? Oh, you've been there. Hit it! Now, you don't say it like that because really every time I say it, even though I've done it a lot, I still have this apprehension, especially if Jim Cordell's at the wheel. But I say hit it, and what happens? They hit it, and you're in for the ride of your life. And you just hold on with everything you got, and you're trusting the guy. You're trusting the guy at the steering wheel. Friends, God is saying tips down, and he's ready. Hit it, and be ready for the ride of your life. You watch this, and you read the story. In Joshua chapter thirteen, or chapter 3, verses 14 through 16, when the people broke camp and they did everything that God had asked them to do, verse 16 says the water upstream stopped flowing. You see that? It piled up in a heap and a great distance away. And then it says at the very end of this verse, so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. My friends, the third point is this. God is a promise keeper. He says it, he's gonna do it. And last point is this. 
when we trust him and obey him, we get to see him be a promise keeper. The following thing that happens is amazement. Could you imagine what it was like to stand in that river and see walled water and to be able to cross a body or a body of water that you never thought could be crossed? That's not just for the Israelites. It's for you and I too. Enough said from this guy. Let's give it up for Pastor Kirby. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Good to be back uh, to share with you. Uh, Would you take the insert out of your bulletin? If you have a bulletin, I think you'll see the words on the screen too. But I want to uh, read as you listen to Psalm 46, which I think I want to answer the question about how to be more faithful to God. Rob's done a great job of telling us about Joshua and his faithfulness. I want to ask the question, how can we be more faithful to God like Joshua? So Psalm 46, either in your Bible or right here in your bulletin, the insert there, and hang on to that because we're going to go through that together. And so uh, if you'll follow along as, as I read, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Those four words are crucial to me. We will not fear. Think of what's happening that has happened in the last year and a half. Things that we never thought, I never thought would ever happen. Things that uh, would normally cause fear in me. And, and I had to think about God's strength, that His promises, that He is an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. We'll be more faithful if we're not afraid. Going on, it says, Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, even if we see these kind of catastrophic things, we don't have to be afraid if we know God is with us and we're with Him. Verse 4, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. I think it's a picture of the Jerusalem in that day, and we, of course, know the new Jerusalem in the days ahead. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her at break of day. Nations are uproar, kingdoms fail. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. To me, that looks like the end of the world when Jesus comes back. And we're going to see things like we never thought we would ever see again. But we're going to be called out. We're going to be uh, above watching while the whole world is destroyed. In verse 7, it says, The Lord Almighty is with us, and the God of Jacob is our fortress. That's the way that we've got to feel whenever we are trying to be faithful to him, is that he's got us. He is with us. He is our fortress. Going on in verse 8, come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. You know, I never would have believed that something like a pandemic would shut down the entire world. I mean, all transportation stopped. Almost all getting out of your house stopped. Fear everywhere from, am I going to get it? Uh, Pictures of people dying everywhere. I don't know for sure if I could say that God caused that. I don't want to go there. But I know God would be capable of that if he decided that's what he wanted to do. Anyway, we saw it. And we think about what God is able to do. In verse 10, he says, God says, be still and know that I am God. Isn't that interesting that that point is there when it's just talking about all these catastrophic things? God has all authority, the Bible says. He has all power. Not just some of the power, all power. He has all knowledge and all wisdom. He is unlimited in his uh, time, in time, and place and space. So he can be everywhere at the same time in all ages. 
It's beyond anything we could imagine, yet that is the God whom we serve, that we are a son of God, a daughter of God. Going on, it says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This God that says that. The Lord Almighty is with us, and the God of Jacob is our fortress. I think along with that, we have to decide that we're not afraid to die. If God is with us and we're not afraid to die, then what's the big deal? I mean, that helps us to be faithful to God, whatever He's asking us to do, and do, do even the hard things, because He is with us. I started doing something in my faithfulness to God, at, and I, I want to share with you, because it's really helped me personally. It may not be for you, but it will be for some of you, and, and I want to tell you what happened. At 72, I still wanted to go deeper with God. For the last year, I've been doing something every morning before I get out of bed, and that is to pray a prayer. And I want to share with you what I prayed. I already prayed it this morning. And it's on your insert there, and I, I for sure want you to save this because I want you to have that resource, and I hope some of you might do all or part of it. Okay? I uh, surrender to the Lordship of Christ in five areas every day. Just because you surrendered Him before doesn't mean that you're going to do it today. You have to re-surrender, I think, every day in order to live through the day. And so it's kind of like it moves around in, in my physical body. As, as it, This is all fresh with me. I didn't get it from any place else, so the Lord and I worked on this. I say, Lord, I want you to be Lord of my mind today. My thoughts and my words as they come out. Number two, I want you to be Lord of my heart, my feelings and my emotions today. I don't know about you, but sometimes my feelings and my emotions get out of line. And I need to decide ahead of time that, Lord, I want you to be Lord of my emotions today. I want, the next one, I want you to be Lord of my body today, of my temptations, of my uh, holiness and my purity. I want you to be Lord of that. I want you to be Lord of my health, and especially when we need help with our health, that we say, Lord, please be Lord of my health today. The fourth thing is to be Lord of my spirit today. To me, this is like I want you to be Lord of my conscience, because the conscience has to do with our spirit within us. Uh, conscience is like discerning what is right and what is wrong, what we feel guilty about and what we don't feel guilty about. So I want the Lord to give me a conscience so I will not do some of the things that my body wants to do and my, my flesh wants to do. I, I want Him to be Lord of my spirit. I want Him to be Lord of my attitude today. That's my prayer before I get out of bed, that Lord help me that I would have the attitude of Christ as I go through this day, again today. And that prayer is like Groundhog Day. It gets prayed every day, every day, okay? And Lord, I want you to be Lord of my uh, will and of my um, obedience, Lord of my obedience. When I know what you want me to do, I want to run to do it. When I'm sure that that's what he wants me to do, I want to do it. So I, want, I need him to be Lord of my obedience, Lord of my will. And the last thing I want you to be Lord of my soul today. The soul is the real you. It's the real you. And so Lord, be about every part of my being. I want you to be Lord. That really helps me to pray that prayer. The second part is I ask the Lord to help me with specifics. I want you to be Lord of my eyes today, what I see. That helps me because whenever I see something on TV or I see something someplace that I know the Lord wouldn't want me to see because I've already prepared that conscience, then I do whatever's necessary the best of my ability. I'm not saying I'm perfect on it, but I try to really think about what I'm seeing and being disciplined about that. Be the Lord of my ears, what I hear today. To be willing to walk away if it's something that I shouldn't be hearing as a Christian, I don't think the Lord would want. Be the Lord of my tongue. This is the hard one for me. It's a hard one for Rob, too. <laughs> I want you to be Lord of the things that I say today. Think about that. If you prayed that every morning before the day started, it isn't that you won't do something wrong, but to start that way. And to help me to be more grateful today. That helps a lot in living a godly life 
is to being more grateful for what the Lord has done. Help me to be more like Jesus today, I pray. Help me not become weary of doing good today. I'm sure Rob would agree with me that we as preachers sometimes, we just feel overwhelmed with things that we should do in trying to help people in a congregation about 1,200 people if they all came at the same time as what we're dealing with at West Valley. And sometimes we just get tired. So I pray in the morning, that's a scripture in Galatians, help me not become weary of doing good today. Going on, help me crucify my critical spirit today. I don't know about you, but sometimes in my mind, I can get critical, ho, 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 as though you didn't know that. Uh, and so it, it doesn't always get said. Sometimes it gets said, but in my mind. And so I ask the Lord, when I see that happening, I sense it immediately, then I say, Lord, crucify that critical spirit. That's not the way Jesus would want me to be. I'm not the policeman of the world. That's God's job. And uh, help me crucify my critical spirit. The eighth one is help me resist the devil today. And God says, if you resist Satan, he will flee from you, right? Hi, Don. Good to see you. The third thing that I pray is, Lord, uh, fill me with your Holy Spirit today. I've noticed throughout my study of the Bible and years of being a Christian and preaching that Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Spirit. But the Christians in Ephesus, whom he was writing to, they already had the Holy Spirit. Because Acts 2.38, when you become a Christian, you receive a gift of the Holy Spirit. So why would you need to tell somebody that's a Christian to be filled with the Spirit? Because I believe it's possible to have the Holy Spirit and not be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I believe that's very possible, or else they wouldn't have said this. And so, 10 months ago, 12 months ago, I decided that I needed to pray every day, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I don't think being filled is automatic. I think you have to ask for this Holy Spirit to fill you. So I asked him for that. Galatians 5, and 23 uh, talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. What does it look like if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Is you become more loving. So I pray, Lord, help me to have your unconditional love and love the people that I don't like or that really irritate me. <laughs> you, you're getting application from this. That's good. <laughs> Fill me with your joy today, even when things don't go the way that I want. Help me still have joy. Fill me with your peace today. Peace is contentment. It's a lot of things, but I can really identify with help me to be contented today. Fill me with your patience. Help me to accept that your timing may be different than mine. And so help me to wait for your timing even when I don't like it. Fill me with your kindness. I love this in my Bible study through the years, Rob. I know that one of the meanings of kindness talks about the sweetness of the Holy Spirit. And as Christians, we need to grow in sweetness. All of us do. And Lord, fill me with your kindness and fill me with your sweetness today. Fill me with your goodness today. What is good? Jesus said there's only one who is good, and that's God. So if we are good, it's because God is in our lives, right? And so if we're filled with goodness, we're filled with holiness. We're, we're filled with God, godliness and also Christ-likeness. That's what it is to pray that prayer. Help, help people to see Jesus in me today. That's definitely my prayer, and I know it's many of your prayers. If, but anyway, the next one, fill me with your faithfulness today. What is faithfulness? It's being filled with faith. <laughs> And what's faith? It's trust. It's trusting God, even when we, it doesn't make sense, even when it's the unknowns, even if it's just the opposite of what you think that God would want you to do. Imagine uh, Abraham as God says, go kill your son, Isaac. Uh, God, uh, why would you want me to do that? Uh, God says he wants us to be faithful no matter what. The next one, fill me with your humility, your meekness, your gentleness, your unselfishness. At least for me, it helps me to pray this whole prayer, but it helps me dealing with humility and gentleness 
by asking, Lord, fill me with your gentleness. Fill me with your humility. And the last one, fill me with your self-control. It's talking about spirit control, I think, because of the Holy Spirit's helping us grow in self-control. I can't say no or say yes to the thing God wants by my own will. I need the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Turn your page, please. Read God's Word every day for the rest of your life. Is that strong enough? Matthew 4.4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the God. And so you're not going to know that unless you read the Bible. Matthew 5.6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Well, how do you get to know righteousness? It's by getting to know the Bible, which tells us about God, tells us about what's right and wrong. So we need to have a passion for learning God's Word. Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how you get faithful. That's how you learn what faith is, is by learning the word. Ephesians five fourteen. I'm going to stand up on my toes. I believe in this with all of my heart. This is so strong. It's, it's, you got to get it if you haven't gotten it. It says solid food is for the mature who by constant use of the Bible, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Why does our world not know what is evil and what is good? That, how, scratch your head, how in the world did we get there? Because they do not know God's word. And so I've said before, Rob, I get a chance to say it again. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you read through the whole Bible? Don't raise your hand. But I want to say if you've been a Christian for a while and you have not read the entire Bible, then shame on you. My last chance, Rob. <laughs> Think of all the things that you read. If you read some thick novels or whatever, you read this and that and the other, and you haven't... Do you want to stand before God and, and tell Him you haven't read His book when you've had a whole lifetime to live? Is that strong enough? I told you it was going to be my last sermon. Can I preach here? I want to make sure it happens. <laughs> First Peter 2 2 says, Live like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. Have you heard a baby cry when it's hungry? It, it rattles your eardrums. And, be, and it says, We're supposed to have that kind of passion for the word, for the pure spiritual milk of the word. There's a paragraph here that I want you to, to challenge you to read three chapters in the Bible every day for the rest of your life. Is that strong enough? 20 minutes a day, then you will read through the whole Bible every year that way. And then don't be smug because you've read through the Bible one time. <laughs> you need to read through the Bible every year because you leak in information. You don't hold it all. I don't hold it all. And so we, we need to uh, read it every year, not just one year. By constant use of the Bible, you will develop a strong faith, strong trust, and strong obedience to God for the unknowns and the challenges in your daily life. Review. Surrender to the Lord every day anew. Just because you surrendered to Him yesterday or last week or last year, that doesn't count anymore. It's every day walk with the Lord, right? Ask for the Lord, number two, the Lord's help every day with your eyes, with your ears, with uh, temptations. Number three, ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit every day. Just because you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit, just because you have a car doesn't mean you're using it. You've got to put the key in, turn it on. Then you can use your car. The Holy Spirit can't do His work unless you let Him help you. Read God's Word every day. My final thoughts. Carolyn and I absolutely feel called by God, like Abraham and Sarai, to go to a new land. We are clear that our assignment at West Valley is completed as of today. God gives you assignments, and when he's finished and calling you to a new assignment, you will know. What is our new assignment? We're going to spend however long the Lord gives us to go and spend time with our younger grandchildren, which there are nine of them still at home in Idaho, and five great-grandchildren and their parents. And it's our season to spend time with our family 
which we have not had for 54 years. It is time for us to spend time with family. We will miss all of you, but I have two thoughts to leave with you. True Christian friends will be friends for eternity. That's on your page there. But I want you to think about that. As I say goodbye to you for now, I will see you again. If we are in Christ, I will see you again. Because we're friends for eternity. For some of you, I want to ask God to give me a thousand years just to spend time catching up and talking with you. And then I'll get on another cloud for another thousand years for my next friend. It is going to be awesome. We are friends for eternity. I leave you with my sign language. I don't know that it's certified sign language, but it's my sign language. When we tap our hearts and point to someone, to me that means I love you. And so we won't be able, Carolyn and I will not be able to say hello and spend time talking with all of you. We'll do as many as we can today. But I would like to see you catch your eye 30 feet away and go. And I want you to do that with me, even today, if we don't get a chance to talk. And then I want you to do that, learn how to do that in the days ahead. Let's make that a a part of uh, that. Let's practice, shall we? Let's do it one more time. One more. All right. Let's pray. Father in heaven, wow, what a crowd today. What a, what a great thing to be together that we can come back into our worship center here, be together. Lord, I, I can't help but uh, say thank you, Lord, for, to Rob and to the elders of our church and the staff of our church for a faithful group of leaders that keep us on the path, growing and maturing in our faithfulness. And may we help them make things as easy as possible for them so that they can do the work that you've called for them. Lord, be with uh, the Kirbys as we go on Tuesday and uh, go to a new land and with a new assignment. Help us be faithful. Thank you for the faithfulness of those who will continue here. And we'll take the church here to the next stages that you have for them. Uh, Lord, we tap and we point at you and tell you we love you. Amen. Let's, um, we're going to go off script here. So just stay up here pastor because we weren't going to do this you guys don't know this upstairs but you guys are so good we'll figure this out you, you're going to give us grace today because this is the last day so we, we've been great about our services but we're going to keep going here uh, as, as long as we need to go and if you need to leave that's fine but um, one of the things I'm concerned about I'm just going to be honest Kirby is your mouth has really been loose here today this morning <laughs> like 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 you said a word that John and I, Pastor John and I, we looked at the Greek and it really meant poop uh, out on the lawn. A little concerned about that. And then you said shame today. Wow. But here's what's really concerning me. You said that you and Carolyn are am I, like... Am I being fired? <laughs> oh, Pastor John was here. Oh. Um, you said that you and K- Carolyn are like Abraham and Sarah. So does that mean like Carolyn's pregnant right now? Or She wasn't pregnant when they left to go to the new land. Okay, well we'll just we'll just leave it right there. Um, are you live streaming this? Anyway? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and recording and uh, yeah, that's what's cool. Um, so we're gonna how do you transition into communion? Because <laughs> we're all sinners, right? We're just going to go right in. But, you know, it, it's fun because this, this uh, uh, in no way do, uh, it, it, am I saying Glenn is Moses and I'm Joshua. We're far from those amazing leaders. But it has been unique reading through these scriptures because there is 
transitions, and there is things that uh, are very familiar. And uh, we want to thank you for helping us cross different um, obstacles over the years. Amen. The Red Seas that this congregation would have no clue. Um, you know, we've, we've gone through some hard things here. And uh, the spiritual gift uh, that Glenn has is called Bulldog. And it's not identified in the scripture, but he is a bulldog. And his tenacity and his faithfulness has allowed us to be where we're at today. And you know that I always say this. We stand on the shoulders of men and women that none of you will ever know. On faces that, that, that dug holes and had work days and the picnics and gave sacrificially of time and money and all that. But really, uh, he was the Moses that led um, a congregation. And for that, we're incredibly grateful. So we're going to have a picnic, old school style, because really, it's kind of cool. Glenn's worked this to where he gets two retirement parties, if you haven't figured that out. So, you know, four and a half years ago, we did a big to-do, and then we're going to go out there, but no cruise this time. Anyways, um, but lunch out on the lawn, you go to the connecting place, starting at 11.45, just when we end service, you could get your food, go out there, old picnic style. If you don't want to do the lunch part, and we've got cornhole and all that out there, um, and moon bounces, then come at 1.15, because we're going to do a short program out on the lawn honoring, and this is what's really important, Carolyn Kirby and Glenn Kirby, because without Carolyn, there's no Glenn, and, and we would both agree with that. And so it's, we're, we get to honor both of them. So we would love to invite you out to that. Um, so before we uh, move to, to communion, Glenn, I, I'm going to ask that you would pray um, for communion and this time of just reflection of obedience and crossing whatever river that is and getting past so that we can get to that land that God wants us in. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you that you've made us, you've rescued us, you've saved us, and that uh, your son Jesus went through the difficulties of just life as a human when you've never been human before, and that he uh, went through the, the, the cross, which we can think about physically, but emotionally and all the things inside him, that it, it was Gethsemane before that showed the difficulty that he had in saying yes to the cross. Thank you, Father, that he said yes. And Lord, as we meditate and take communion today, uh, may we think about what you have done, your plans, and what Jesus executed the plan for our salvation. In Jesus' name. Remember, Lord, your tender mercy. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. You forget all.